You're listening to Don't Take Bullshit from Fuckers with your hosts Greg Barrett and Kane Holloway. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. I'm Greg Barron. I'm Kane Holloway. Hello, everyone. This is Don't Take Bullshit from Fuckers. And hopefully, if you've been listening to us for a while now, you haven't been taking bullshit. You've been uh, jotting your uh, fuckers down on a list, writing out all the bullshit that they do, and then redacting it, and then writing the opposite on another page, and then reading that page every day, and then just totally knowing your own strength. You know, totally just becoming the new you. Are you the new you? Let us know. Have you become a new you yet? What a great compliment to the show. Are you a new you? I started off thinking I take too much bullshit. And then the show came along and you're a fucker redactor. Yeah, yeah. I haven't taken any bullshit in a while. I feel pretty good about it. And I haven't Mm -hmm. had a lot to write in my book. I mean, I'm still always writing in the book. I love having a notebook. I love the idea that it looks like I'm doing something. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... (laughs) Yeah, it does make you feel that way when you crack open your own notebook that you made, you know, and then you're like, well, I just jot down every thought I've ever had in here. But it is weird how quickly you recognize whatever bullshit's coming your way and you're like, I'm not, no, I don't feel like dealing with that. And it's pretty appropriate that today's episode, we're going to be talking about the fucker that is you. I read The Power of Now, which, you know, Kane and I, we just want you to know, we know that the books that we've talked about the last two weeks are not brand new books, but they're the books. They're the books that other teachers read. They're the books that other people read. They're the books that our listeners read and talk to us about. And the book this week is The Power of Now, which Mm -hmm. has become my new Bible. That's all I can tell you. It has its fundamentals and things I already kind of believed, but now, yeah, I can't wait to get to it. But why don't we get to our first question, which comes from Grace. And Grace says, I recently started talking to a guy who I met online dating site but it's during the pandemic, he decided to mention to me that after talking to me just once, he stopped talking to all other prospects and wanted to focus on me. I don't know why, but this did make me a tad uncomfortable. I don't really want to put my eggs all in one basket, so to speak, and stop talking to other guys. Don't get me wrong. I'm interested in this guy, but we haven't even had a real first date. We did realize after chatting that our sons are actually in the same class and we both have attended the same church. Not really sure what to do. Since we're in a time where we must practice social distancing, should a video chat be considered a date? So there's a couple of questions there. Well, what feels like a date during this process? I think that's a question that needs to be answered from her side. If you're talking with this guy, you get excited about talking to this guy and you like set a date in the same kind of way that you would if you, you know, were to meet up and just like go on a walk with this guy. Is that a date or are you just on a walk with the guy? A date's a mindset for sure. Yeah. It's right. a mindset. It's like looking at the situation and funneling it through. I mean, yeah, can it be a date? It absolutely, anything can be a date, really. Yeah, if you're FaceTiming, sure. I don't know what else you would do. There's no other options. It's not like you're in a situation with somebody who doesn't want to take it to that next level. You, you just simply can't. Yeah, I like how there's a question in there, but the real question is not asked. Like the real question is sunk in the middle of that. But then the question that was asked was, is FaceTiming a date? When the real question is at the very beginning of this, the whole sentence was, this guy wants to drop all these other girls and focus on me. I feel like what she's really asking us is, do I continue on with this guy if I don't feel comfortable 
with it just being me and him because I want to go see what other guys there are out there. My response to her would be, don't stop doing what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. You know, if he wants to do that, that's fair. You know, when I was first seeing Amira, we were both dating other people and we dated other people for a while. And then I said, I'm going to stop, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you want, but I'm done. It's just, a, I don't want to see other people. It's just a lie if I go out with them, you know? Yeah. So he's obviously decided something quickly, it seems like. I think you can take that as a compliment and then go about your business. You also don't owe him an explanation about what you're going to do. That's not his business. Yeah, exactly. If it makes you feel uncomfortable that he's solely focused on you, just know that you're in control of what you're in control of. Obviously, you can't control how this guy feels. And and maybe it's like a psychological thing. A lot of women I'm finding out have like this sort of cuckolding. I don't know if this is her thing, but have this sort of like cuckolding. I like seeing a guy that is wanted by many other women, you know, and this guy is just dropping all of that. And that like takes away some of the mystique of what it was like in the dating pool during the coronavirus is like this guy all of a sudden he's like, I'm making a complete drastic decision. I want you. And then she's like, nah, (laughs) nah. Yeah. Well, but also ask yourself, why does that make you feel uncomfortable? I mean, he didn't ask you to change. If he'd asked you to stop seeing other people or talking to other people, then I think it would be a problem for sure. But since that's not what happened, you know, he's just, he's ready. That's all. He's just ready for you. And he could be wrong. He could be. That's the other thing. I was with a girl and, or I just got out of a relationship and started dating a girl right away. And he said to me, I know you just got out of a relationship, but you can date other people if you like. And I'd understand. And I didn't take her up on the offer. And I really wish that I did. <laughs> I was, Really? Why? Because, uh. I think I would have learned a lot more about myself. I jumped from one relationship to the next relationship. And that's what I actually learned about myself. I learned that I'm quick to bring some sort of normalcy relationship wise, like make another person make me feel whole. So when I'm like, there's a possibility of losing that, I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. I I don't need to date. I want you. And I did want them. That wasn't up for debate, but I still wish I would have taken them up on that offer to be like, Let me try, let me see what single life looks and feels like. I'm pretty proud of her for being like, yeah, nah, I want to see what else is out there. Yeah. So again, I think the answer to your two questions, three questions is don't worry about it. Just do you do what you want to do. You know, just because he did something doesn't mean you have to. And and if he didn't ask you, that's cool. You know, and he's just being honest and anything that feels like a date is a date, you know? Yeah, it can be a date. You can date. This could be a date that we're on. I don't know that I'm enjoying this date at all. <laughs> this, this is a, first of all, this is a, this is a terrible date. You first and off, I, why did we invite Pat? Why couldn't you just? <laughs> why do you always have to bring somebody with you on your date? Because I'm uncomfortable with the way you touch me. <laughs> That's exactly why we shouldn't be dating. <laughs> yeah, because That's you moved. My to- love language. My love language is to grab. One of the love languages is grabbing. <laughs> not grab. Yeah, no, it said grabbing. <laughs> Are you a grabber? One of my love languages is to One of my love languages laugh. is grabbing and spitting. <laughs> yeah, that's and my love language. My love language is mansplaining. See, the reason you don't get it. <laughs>
oh my god there's a new show coming out holy shit on netflix there's a brand new show coming out i think it's coming out on friday and it's called too hot to handle it's like bachelor in paradise where a bunch of singles go to this beach in mexico right and they're all super hot and they all are supposed to you know mix and match or whatever and there's a cash prize but the kick is no matter who you find yourself attracted to you're not allowed to fuck and you're not allowed to make out you can like touch but you can't do anything sexual during your time on the beach and they're all fucking like you know ripped and got they're basically wearing nothing and uh, if they kiss her or fuck or anything their money gets taken away from their pot how do you win money you win money by following the rules and then you see somebody for who they are. You like get to see them, like their physical attractiveness and their appearance. But then also, since you can't fuck because you'll lose money, you connect on a deeper, more emotional level. I'm just waiting for when they do fuck and they realize they hate each other. Oh, those are going to be good episodes. <laughs> oh, my God. Shows like that sort of make me hate people. I know. <laughs> what a perfect show to watch during the coronavirus when you can't touch anybody right now anyway. Oh, they probably can't wait to get it out. Oh, man. They can't I, wait to get it out. But you know there's going to be people that are like, I just couldn't help myself. <laughs> yes, exactly. You're so hot. She's so hot. You know, she's so hot. Dude, when she came out with a boobs, oh, God. All I wanted to do was touch them and... You know, my love language is talking down to them. Talking down to them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. How weird. And that starts when? This starts this week? Friday. Yeah, we may both have to watch that. Fuck, yeah. That'll be That's good for the show. The last one, the I Can't See You one, was pretty good. <laughs> it was good. But the ridiculousness of, okay, you met emotionally in a pod. And you connected emotionally in that stupid-ass pod. The rules dictated that you couldn't leave unless you asked someone to marry you. To marry that, you, yeah, yeah. No, it's, that's the power of television, to get people to do stuff like that. Like, that's kind of amazing. If, yeah. you, are, if you are a person that said yes to that, you deserve everything you get. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the fact that people bought buttons with my face seems that we have a little bit of sway, you know? People yeah. are wearing a face on their shirts. They should, and they should buy more. Get a Greg Barron's cane Holloway button and imbue that uh, button with something that you want and then put it on your shirt. And then every time you look at it, you remind yourself of the plan that you have. I have mine. Uh, I don't think I have mine on right now. No, I don't. I have it. But I do wear it, and I, I remind myself that I want a cult. Yes. And we're building it. I remind myself. And, uh, and, uh, and, or get a notebook. Oh, uh, where yeah, can they the get notebook. all this stuff, Kane? Where can they get all this stuff? Well, you can go to Redbubble, redbubble.com. There's a link on your Instagram, right, Greg? I think it's on my Instagram, and I think it's on DTBFF podcast. Well, the Patreon link is on the DTBFF podcast. Oh, yeah, uh, but you can be a Patreon member. That's where the special bonus episodes. We've already recorded two of them, and they are bonus. One of them is Kane's not on it. It's me and a little squirt squirt. It's good. We haven't heard much from our friend Presley Gerber. No, we haven't. Yeah. He's been pretty mum during coronavirus. Maybe he realized that now he has to cover up his face during a presidential order to cover up your stupid, misunderstood face. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe he hasn't posted pictures of himself in a mask. That seems perfect for him. I know. I feel like he did before the coronavirus. I feel like he was a bandana over my face 
nobody nobody gets why I, I'm doing this kind of guy. And now when it's a when a presidential order is to cover up your face, he's like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go skateboarding with my shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> That's my goal this year to go skateboarding with my shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> You're almost there. I'm getting there, man. Yeah. I can see the top two of my abs. Ooh. Really clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My abs are starting to show up a little bit. Nice. No one's ever going to see it. It's only ever going to be a story. that I could, I could lie and say they're all there now. No one's ever going to see it. I'm not really going to take my shirt off and go skateboard. <laughs> That's true. Washboard Baron, I call Unless it. Unless we made it really a super expensive level of the Patreon. Yeah. And somebody wanted to pay me. Like two grand? Yeah, I got to go find my skateboard. <laughs> Uh, that'd be great. Somebody pays two thousand dollars to watch you skateboard shirtless with a guitar. You have to be holding a guitar. No, no, no! You've just made it too complicated. <laughs> no, I'm gonna keep adding. I couldn't imagine. Could you imagine skateboarding shirtless? Like I couldn't imagine anything worse. I can't imagine skateboarding. If you want to see me skateboarding with my shirt off, just go to the deli and find some old lamb. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> Uh, go to the deli and get some lamb chops (laughs) what does this mean does this inspirational quote meme anything to you does it help you do one and then I'll do one Okay, the only thing that is ultimately real about your journey is the step that you are taking at this moment, and that's all there ever is. I mean, we could just shut down the show. I mean, that's just everything. That's the whole thing. That's the whole fucking thing. That's the Power of Now book. Kane just did my homework assignment for me. (laughs) That's it. That's the whole thing. We only get this moment. That's all there is. Everything else is just your mind talking. It's just your imagination. It's either traces of history that you remember or a future that you're rehearsing. And none of it is real. I can't wait to dive into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super good. Okay, I'm going to give you mine. Both of mine are from, I follow Stoic. I'm a Stoic, by the way. And I'll talk about that in the coming week. But Stoicism is a Greek philosophy. And I'm completely in line with it. And I didn't realize I was until somebody pointed it out to me. Mm. And they said, you're a Stoic. That's exactly what you are. Your belief systems fall right in line with the great Stoics. But this is from Stoic Reflections on Instagram, but it's from Benjamin Franklin. And it is, blessed is he who expects nothing, for he shall never be disappointed. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, it's good, but it's also, yeah, of course. If I don't expect anything, how could I ever be disappointed? And that comes from Benjamin Franklin? Ben Franklin, yeah. Didn't that guy invent beer? What did Ben Franklin do? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sweet king. He invented the kite. He invented the kite and the key. He was making key kites. Right. And Blu-ray players. What the fuck did Ben Franklin do? Jesus. Yeah. He invented the Blu-ray player. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? Uh, He was our best president. (laughs) (laughs) The 26th president of the United States, ladies and gentlemen, Ben Franklin. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I find that kind of odd from a guy like him. 
you know, a guy around during the Revolutionary War and what's not to expect nothing when wasn't his entire thing expecting freedom from the British. So if we didn't get freedom from the British, was he sitting on the fence going, well, look, I really wasn't expecting it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a way of looking at it. That's a bit of stoicism to go, but we might not get it. So, you know, better not to have an expectation. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. That's how the stories believe. And then my other one, I'll just read my other one right now. You have power over your mind, not outside events. Realize this and you will find strength. That's Marcus Aurelius, Mm. uh, who was a stoic. Hmm. Stoicism. Yeah. I'm going to have to look up stoicism. I'm going to wonder what I am. I guess I would be, I mean, what's the opposite of stoicism? Clownishness? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're like a sad clown. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. I have sad clown-like tendencies. Yeah, yeah. You guys spend a lot of time playing with your cats. I do. Oh, man. I posted a video today on Instagram of me playing the, I call it the quarantine cat tree cream cheese sporting event. And I just throw cat toy balls into the various holes of the cat tree that my cat Griffey fucking inhabits. (laughs) And it was a blast. It was a good time. You know what else that could be called? What? When you're completely out of ideas. (laughs) (laughs) But would a stoic do that? Would a stoic spend his time videotaping himself playing with a cat tree that is meant for small felines? Uh, Maybe only for his own enjoyment. He wouldn't be doing it for the residual effects of having done it. For the likes, see? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But then on the other hand, you got to do something. Yeah, you got to do something. I was bored. He was bored. If I throw these balls and they go under the couch, will you get them? That's how we play. Oh, hey, I want to mention that we did get a phone call. It was inaudible. (laughs) Not the fault of the caller necessarily, although it seemed like they maybe were using a phone for the first time. Uh, We're so grateful (laughs) for the phone call. And we really wanted you to be on the show. But unfortunately, you can only hear goodbye. I believe it was Scott who called us. Scott Ryan Hart called us. And we're thrilled to have had your call. And we wish we could help you or even just address the content of your call. But we couldn't hear a word of it. So, uh, and and, and maybe that's something on our end as well. We'll try and figure that out. But see people you can call. And if you do call, you'll get mentioned. And we'll also solve your problem. You might be the thing that starts the show. So, but call and say who you are, where you're from, and why you're calling. Very simple. What's the phone number? It is 323-379-5544. Nice. That's beautiful. I had somebody tell me that they really love your voice the other day, Pat. Oh, nice. Mm. And I was like, what the fuck's wrong with mine? <laughs> um, what are the you, fuck is are wrong you, with mine? What's wrong with my voice? Why are we got to be talking about Pat all of a sudden? I believe this is my podcast. Is this a rhetorical question or do you need the answer? I'm going to come right through my phone and thump you in the chest. <laughs> You can also, if you want to send your questions via email, you can go do that at dtbffpodcast.gmail.com or DM your question. We actually get quite a few DMs on Instagram every once in a while, and that's a dtbffpodcast on Instagram. Slide or you don't even have to slide. You can just come in to our DMs. You don't even need to slide.
Okay, so I read The Power of Now and I almost feel like I can't talk about it. It's so epic in my head. Like it's one of those books that like you could begin to describe it to somebody and they'll check out because there's a simplicity to it. And yet, I don't know, it's super hard for me to describe. It's by Eckhart Tolle. It came out in 1999 and it's called The Spiritual Guide to Enlightenment, right? Which all sounds like big stuff. And I'll just read a quote from the book to give you some idea of what Eckhart's all about. Being is the eternal, ever-present one life beyond the myriad of forms of life that are subject to birth and death. However, being is not only beyond, but also deep within every form at its innermost invisible and indestructible essence. This means that it is accessible to you now as your own deepest self, your true nature. But don't seek to grasp it with your mind. Here's where it gets fucked. You have to not think about thinking about it. Don't try to understand it. You can know it only when the mind is still, when you are present, when your attention is fully, intensely in the now. Being can be felt, but it can never be understood mentally. To regain awareness of being and to abide in that state of feeling realization is enlightenment. So that's the whole core of what the book is trying to get at, which is to get you as a person to sort of stop thinking, you know, that thoughts are just a manifestation of the mind and that we create whole personalities based on our thoughts, which is all ego, and that none of it's real and that none of it does us any good. And if you are able to bring yourself into the present moment and reject all that stuff and try and keep yourself from thinking then you'll find true enlightenment. You'll be spiritually enlightened. To think about enlightenment is something that when you hear about it, you learn about it. It's something that you're like, yes, one day I will be enlightened. Meaning that in the future, you're going to grasp a hold of the idea of the now. And then you will be at some point down the line enlightened when that's all he's trying to get you to fight against. The human existence is one day I will be instead of today I am. Instead of today I am, which is the whole core of it. And that it's the thought between the thought. It's like you don't realize how much you created an ego. But when you think about your own thinking, sometimes you're not thinking. You know, you're not having a thought. You're not filling your mind with some narrative. And those moments in between thoughts are your pure essence, your pure being. Sometimes you can be thrust into a world of being, like when an emergency happens and you react without thinking, you know, you just start doing, that's sort of what they're getting at. And he talks about the fact that more than 90% of people will never be enlightened, that it's not a thing that people really understand or are seeking out because they're too connected to their ego. When you ask someone to let go of their ego, they're very unlikely to do so. But you know, like I'm always saying, stay present, want nothing. Don't have an expectation. Don't grasp from others. Just be. And a lot of people, I think the most interesting thing that was touched on in the book, and I was listening to the audio version, the most interesting fact I found is people who live in the past, people are so entrenched in their own pain from back then that when you tell them that the past is non-existent because back then it happened in the now and you're remembering it in the now, but you're allowing the emotional time rather than clock time to give yourself peace from that pain. When you try and tell people that, people want to live in their own pain. Their identity has become, this is what happened to me, therefore this is who I am. 
Right. These are the experiences that I've had. These are the things that I've done. This is what I add up to. Right. Which yeah. Is, and, oh, go ahead. Well, no, it's just a shocking because like I'll tell dad's story on the show. And I had a therapist tell me that I tend to, when I tell a story, I will go back in time. I will go back to that moment and things will feel more real to me. That makes me, I'm able to access those feelings to make the story. I want everyone to feel what I'm feeling while I'm telling the story because that's what I felt back then. And I access that and making it feel real while I'm telling it. And that's what will make stories, you know, sad or funny or whatever. But that's the hurdle I'm always trying to get over at the same time. It's the what happened to me back then. Is something I need to work on now so I can be better in the future. But that's all nonsense, really. I mean, it's all, it's it all, it's kind of all nonsense. Yeah. He says in the book, die to the past every moment. You don't need it. Only refer to it when it's absolutely relevant to the present. Feel the power of this moment and the fullness of being and feel your presence. It's interesting because he talks about, I, I wish I knew where the quote was. I highlighted so much of this book. But when you feel sorry for yourself, you're not present because you're telling yourself a story about how bad it is for you and all the tough stuff you've been through. And regardless of whether those things are true anymore, they're just not relevant. This book is trying to get you to be relevant in the moment and not identify yourself with past events. You know, it's so hard for people because a lot of people live in their resentments and in their fears and in their angers and their, you know, and that's what, when we talk about bullshit and fuckers, we're trying to get the act of writing that stuff down is to be done with it. Yeah. You know, you can acknowledge it and you write the opposite to know who you are now, but then you we're done. And that's how you really fight bullshit. You don't have to participate in it. In this particular state, what he argues is you can't argue when you're in this space. Yeah. That's <laughs> Yeah. The way he puts it is like it makes having an argument with anybody so absolutely trivial. It makes you feel pompous because you know that while you're having this argument, you're trying to win the argument. And then on top of that, you're trying to prove the person wrong you're arguing with. So you can keep them below you. Your ego can't be wrong. So you have to fight to make right. sure you're right. But it's fucking meaningless. It's meaningless. It's meaningless. Yeah, it's completely meaningless. I wish I had a better grasp of how to explain this stuff because I get it when I read it. It's really just like, I can't wait to read the book every day. And I've already finished it and have started reading it again because I really want to get to that place of consciousness. That's what I'm trying to get other people to get to. That's what I'm always trying to get people to realize is that once you're in this space, you literally can't take bullshit. You can recognize a fucker. You can recognize that toxic person and that toxic behavior and the shittiness and all that bullshit that comes along with it. Because you are reached this enlightened state. I love when in the book, one guy is listening to him talk and then periodically throughout, he's been staring at that tree. And then he keeps staring at this tree. He'll find himself wandering off, like sort of getting away from Eckhart talking about the power of now and just focusing on this tree. One time he catches himself looking at the tree and seeing it as a tree. As before, it was just an object that was outside the window while someone was talking to him about trying to be present. This time, he saw the beautiful glory that is that tree. And all of a sudden, he realized he was being present. But then once he realized he was being present, snap back into it's, his future. It's past. tough, man. It's a discipline. 
Yeah. My head is like a motor. Like an, it just is constantly going. It's constantly running. It's constantly humming. There's constantly ideas and plans and thoughts and what I should be doing and what I like that. I hate it. And so learning how to sort of distance myself from it. You know, I've noticed just in the past few days, having read the book, like how differently people are treating me, even at home, in the way that I just come into a situation not wanting anything. And I'm ultimately very accessible because yeah. I, I'm not putting some weight on the room or the world or the situation, you know. And I'm just sort of trying to explore the glory of being around my kids and my family during this bizarre time, you know. I'm trying to enjoy the fact that I have time to write. I'm trying to, you know, I've been going on these epic bike rides in an effort to, you know, originally to shape myself so that I look better to myself. But now I'm just doing it because I want to ride my bike. Yeah. You just like, I felt the need to ride my bike. I, and instead of making it a goal, that, and that's another thing is we have to go along with how socially things work out. Like things have to start at a certain time and things cost money and, and goals are set by people because they want to achieve some level of greatness that they think will be bestowed upon them if they work hard enough, because that's what society is telling me to do. You work hard enough and you achieve that goal. And then once you achieve it, you still feel empty. There's this level of emptiness because you're like, I thought getting this thing was going to free me up and make me feel better. And, you know, I, I feel the same and or worse. Right. He talks about waiting being a state of mind, that it basically means that you want the future. You don't want the present. You don't want what you've got. You want what you haven't got. And so even waiting is an indication that you're not present, that you're not in the moment, that you, you know, that means like traffic jams and waiting in line and going to the supermarket as opposed to just enjoying with that. I had to stand in line yesterday to get into CVS and I just kind of tripped out and enjoyed being in line with a bunch of other people trying to do their best, you know, to go to the CVS. I think now more than ever, the power of now being present in your moments, wherever you are, could not be more beneficial at this time than, I mean, it speaks deeply to me having so much time now to myself going, okay, let me make sure I'm scheduled so my day, but also let me keep in mind, let's not just fill my day up with shit because I want to make sure that this is beneficial to my mental health and blah, blah, blah. I constantly am setting these goals so I make sure that I'm doing right by me, but I'm also staying busy. And then I woke up today and I was like, I don't feel good. I don't want to do anything. Like I want to do the podcast. I don't want to do anything else. I want to sit here. And I felt shitty about it. I felt shitty about wanting to sit and do nothing today. And I'm like, let me continue on listening to the audio book. And as I'm listening to the audio book, he goes, if you feel like being lazy, just sit in it and be lazy. Yeah, right. And why have you decided it's wrong? Right. What is the judgment that makes that? A, yeah, he does sort of say like, if you're going to do nothing, do nothing. There's no wrong way to be. I think we end up you know, placing so many rules and restrictions on ourselves because we're all trying to progress through life and become something as opposed to thinking, well, I already am. I don't need to. I can, you know, I do stuff for my enjoyment. I mean, he's not asking people to not have futures or right. to, to think about what you want to do down the road. But it's just a matter of don't always be stuck there thinking about the future, be in the present, making the future happen by living in the only moment that's available to you. 
But there are human needs and things that have to happen. And of course, there's no perfect state. But this stuff is so, I just, I couldn't get enough of it, man. In fact, I think I yellowed the entire book. So I don't even think it makes any sense. <laughs> it really gets interesting when it talks about relationships. And says, you do not need to wait for the world to become sane or for somebody else to become conscious before you can be enlightened. You may wait forever. Do not accuse each other of being unconscious. The moment you start to argue, you've identified with a mental position and are now defending not only that position, but your sense of self. The ego is in charge and you've become unconscious. It's a lot to grasp, man. It's such good stuff. And he put a video up like six days ago on YouTube that talks about sort of the experience we're all having right now. It's really good. Eckhart, E-C-K-H-A-R-T-T-O-L-L-E, Toll. He's big, you know, he's an Oprah guy and he's been around for a bit. But I really, I dig this stuff, man, because it just gives me permission to just be. Yeah, it made me feel like Neo from The Matrix. (laughs) It is kind of like The Matrix. There is that like, if you slow it all down, because you do, once you're in the moment, you slowed it all down. It's timelessness. Yeah, and the people in charge of the country and charge of the world, you know, how we even got to a point where we're in a pandemic, there was a lot of ego involved on every level. You know, everyone's ego had people lying and people hiding until we eventually got to a point where now we're all stuck inside. People's ego and sense to be right in a situation that has now put us in a very dire situation where you go outside, you could get sick and die. Because people's egos decided, well, let's just hide the truth. I can't be wrong. I can't be this. And we all suffer for it. But if you can live in the now and realize that being wrong is not the death sentence you think it is. The real death sentence is being wrong and then trying to be right and then killing other people in the process or harming other people in the process or whatever. Putting people in harm's way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's when you realize, why are you in charge? Why do you get to be in charge? Right. I recommend everybody read this book. And I would read it a couple of times. It's interesting. I had this book when it first came out. And I read about 20 pages of it. My ego went, nope. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm going to do a bunch of thinking. (laughs) No, I, no, 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 no. I don't want to just let go of stuff. How am I going to get what I want if I don't try to want what I want and have it and get it? You can start up any relationship with anybody wanting something and wanting something from them and wanting different kinds of enlightenment. Like when I came to you and I was like, hey man, I want to fall in front of a bus. Can you help me not want to fall in front of a bus when I'm walking on the sidewalk? And you're like, yeah, yeah, I feel that way. (laughs) And it was just nice to hear somebody say, yeah, I feel that way. And then kind of open up to this idea that, man, I'm not alone. And also, it's sort of a universal thought to go, I can't deal with life anymore. And just wanting to feel a little bit better by using someone else's experience, I got a little more enlightened. And it kind of chips away at your ego each time. Like the idea that I didn't want to share with anybody because my ego said, you can figure this out. So you don't need anybody to help you with this. I mean, that's why I was an alcoholic in the first place. Letting the past eat me away and being so sunk into that that I needed to numb it out to eventually get me to a point where my mind was like, you need to get rid of this now. This is some bullshit. 
there were some fuckers. You need to get rid of it and you need help. So you need to ask for help. You need to stop being so egocentric. Right. In the book, it says, when you live in complete acceptance of what is, that is the end of all drama in your life. Nobody can even have an argument with you, no matter how hard he or she tries. You cannot have an argument with a fully conscious person. An argument implies identification with your mind and a mental position, as well as resistance and reaction to the other person's position. It's such good stuff, man. It really is like the Matrix, man. It's like seeing the whole thing. I read my other meme. Unease, anxiety, tension, stress, worry, all forms of fear are caused by too much future and not enough presence. Yeah, man, I can tell you, I have lived in too much future. That's what shopping is. (laughs) (laughs) Buying all those outfits for later. (laughs) Buying all these things I'm going to fit into later. Having all these guitars for a show I'm going to play later. You know, planning all this stuff for a thing I'm going to do later. You know, as opposed to like in the moment, what am I going to do now? You know what I mean? I started wearing all my clothes now as opposed to like leaving stuff for later. You know, like you have some clothes that you wear, and then there's ones that are like for nice events or whatever. And because we yeah. can't go to the dry cleaners, really, I don't have any choice. But I started dressing nice around the house. Like I started just wearing <laughs> my clothes because yeah. I have them. And what are they yeah. for? They're just for wearing. Yeah, they're pants. I put on pants. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have on a pair of pants. <laughs> I'm wearing pants right now. Look, all we're saying to you is wear your pants. It's simple. Wear some pants. It makes sense. Wear your pants. Stop not wearing your pants. The power of pants. The power of pants. People keep talking about how they're sitting around in their sweats all day. And I think, put on your pants. Put on another pair of pants. And then clean those pants and then wear them again. Wash the crotch and the ass and then wear your pants. Are you doing your wash by hand? Yes. Because I don't have to specify which the washing machine does all of it. So wait a minute. Your crotch and ass don't get extremely dirty? No. What I'm saying is I don't need to put special attention to it when I wash it. I let the washing machine do that because I'm not a woman down by the water with a stone <laughs> beating my pants out. I don't under, first of all, beating your pants out is how my pants got dirty in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to also apologize by saying woman down by the water. It could have been anybody. <laughs> I fucking knew it. I wasn't even going to say anything. I wasn't going to say shit. And I just love how you're like, by the way, not all women go. Some men go to the river. (laughs) That's right. And also they go to the river. (laughs) Everybody has a stanky crotch. Everybody. Stanky crotch knows no gender. Everybody has a stanky crotch and they go to the river. That they do. For anybody interested, pick up The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle or the sequel, The Power of Pants by Kane Holloway, Greg Barron, and Lil Squirt Squirt. He's going to write the uh, the prologue. Yeah, the forward. The forward, excuse me. And um, Damn, I love pants. Dude, you have no idea about pants, dog. You don't know what my <laughs> life is like in pants. I wear pants every day. <laughs> Sometimes you model pants, right? Sometimes it's just pants. I take a Xerox of my face. I put it next to a pair of pants. I get a check for (laughs) (laughs) $600,000. You can follow me at Kane Holloway on Instagram. And you can follow It's Gregor's on Instagram. Follow the show at DTBFF Podcast on Instagram. 
reach the show at dtbffpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and hit us up. What do you think about the power of now? Also, if you want to try again, send your fuckers via voicemail of the show. What's that phone number again, Pat? Uh, That number is 323-379-5544. Baller. Beautiful, man. All right. Don't take bullshit from fuckers. Fuck them. Hey there. If you like the show, subscribe on iTunes so you get new episodes automatically. And then rate us five stars because it's the right thing to do. All music by the reigning monarchs. Produced by Patrick Kelly.